for all new show. Listen, I've been trying to catch up with this person for a while now. Rapper, actor, common, who I've been able to get to know personally and been talking to about coming on the show for months. He's now here, and we're going to get into all things common, including the breakup with him and Tiffany Haddish. All right, and we got Common in the building. You know, it's it's um, weird calling you Common because I call you Rashid, and then when we were in Chicago, people were calling you Lonnie. I literally thought we were talking about three different people. I know. So, I, I have, like, so many different names, but really, you know, Rashid is, is what everybody, as you know, Jason, is what people that know me call me. Uh, that's my middle name, and... My father, my father actually chose that name. His name is Lonnie. My father he, um, transitioned, but in 2014. But he, his name was Lonnie, and uh, you know, he gave me the name Rashid as my middle name because he was he was like he was into Islam, and he also was like a Christian too. So he was just like, I'm gonna give you this name Rashid, and that's what everybody calls me. So you know, only people who you know on a public level be like, yo, common, you know, so. So what's the distinction between Rashid and Common? Well, I think, to be honest, um, the more I'm starting to to live and grow, I feel like it's starting to be more of a distinction, meaning Rashid is is like a a little more, my my personality is a little more... um, what would I say? I think it's more quiet, um, more private, more um, like I like being around people that I really know and love. And I think, you know, me as an artist, because of what I've, you know, what it entails to be an artist, to be like common and be out there, you know, sometimes I realize that. <laughs> That sometimes I didn't maybe want to socialize, but I still went out and did it because it's part of what we do to to work and progress. But I gotta mm-hmm. say, Jason, it's never been a real big difference between you know me being common and, and Rashid. Like meaning that it's times when I'm on the street and I'm just like, if somebody greets me, I'm I'm gonna talk to them like I know them in a way. You know, I know they're greeting me because they know me as common, but. I don't think it's like a big difference, like where I got this big, whole, whole different persona. I just think when it comes to performance, it I think the line draws just when it comes to being more private. Rashid is a little more private. You know, one thing I always tell people when um, I let people know I know you is that when I first, well, first of all, the first time I met you, I don't think you remember this. I'm going to tell the story. I was probably about, 300 pounds and trying to work out. And I used to go to this uh, gym called Crunch. You used to go to Crunch. The trainer I signed up with was this crazy white dude who was like a military guy. I don't know. And he happened to be training you the first day that I came to work out with him. And you had this green um, tracksuit on and you were fit and I was overweight and uh, we were, he was going in between both of us and I felt like I needed to keep up with you, but there was just no way because your fitness, you've been serious about fitness for a long time. I literally thought I was going to die that day. And I think, um, my obituary would have said common killed me cause I would have had to be extra, <laughs> but I've since lost the weight, you know, and I always tell people the one thing I've, I feel like about you from that moment to getting to know you personally is you're very present and very disciplined in what you do. Like you're, you, when you talk to you, you're very 
it feels like you're, you know, sometimes we talk to people and we're not really giving them the real attention. Like we hear them and we see them, but we're not really like interested in what they have to say. But I really feel like when somebody talks to you or they're with you, like they, you, you really are giving them the time and attention that they need to connect. And, and I don't know, did that come, where did that come from? You know, um, I feel like I'm a people person. I do. I love people and I care for people. And I care about people's feelings and honoring and respecting human beings. Um, so like I said, whether I know you or don't know you, obviously people I'm closer with, I'm going to have more time and, and energy, but still, you know, if I met you at that gym and we struck up a conversation, I'm just going to talk. We working out together. We in this together. Um, I think growing up in Chicago for me was a, a real good lesson on, on, on being a, a human being, being a black man, being a child of God, being um, being authentic to who I am. And I think part of that came with just, you know, one of the the results was like really being able to relate to, to other people, um, no matter what walk of life they're from, and be able to be myself around those people. So, I, you know, I, I consider myself a, a, a real, really, you know, God-loving, caring for people type of person. So I think that's what allows me to to just, you know, connect. And yeah, that's that's where it is. By the way, man, you know, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, you tell that story and, and to see you now and like the work you've been putting in and 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 you know it takes discipline just to 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 actually practice a certain lifestyle. And to answer the second part of your question, that discipline you know that I think the discipline for me came started with my mother being like, "Yo, you you, you got to do the schoolwork or you ain't gonna have privileges." And mm-hmm. along with that, I started I started realizing in life the things that I wanted to achieve. Once I started getting some like dreams and visions for myself, the things I wanted to achieve would would take some discipline. Like I, Jason, I actually believe. Like some of the people that we see are most successful, they may, some of them have more discipline than talent, to be honest. Um, and no, don't get me wrong, you gotta have some talent to get to certain levels of artistry and, and, and those things. But discipline is such an important part. I mean, we we know about it from me, you know, Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant to, to LeBron James. I'm a big basketball fan, so that's why I'm using them. But, you know, I see it from, different, you know, from different musicians I know, different actors I know. And discipline is, is is a key to to reaching your vision and dreams. So I think, you know, once I had a dream, I was like, man, I'm, I got to apply myself. I got to discipline myself to get there. Mm. You know, you talk about basketball, um, you know, you and you, we went to the uh, All-Star game in Chicago where you were were you want to? What was your official title with that? Because I felt like you were the conductor. <laughs> I don't even know basketball like that, but I felt like you you were so proud that it was in Chicago that your performance was amazing. Your you, your energy of I felt like you put it on. Did you produce it? What was your role? No, I mean, I honestly did feel like an ambassador, and you know, it's <laughs> it's two things that I I really really love is Chicago and 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 basketball. So it was like the best of, of life for me, you know, to be at home. All, a lot of my friends came in town. You all were in town. You, Tiff, 
my daughter. It was like just a good time. And, you know, I, I was able to play in the celebrity game. I was able to, you know, be be a judge in the dunk contest. And then, you know, we, we created a piece. Like, I, I couldn't even describe exactly what the piece is. It was like a, a mixture of spoken word with live performance theater type of um, introduction. I was basically hired to introduce the players and come up with an introduction for the all-star game. And what we came up with, because I'm, you know, been in the theater and, and as an actor, I wanted to do something different. And as a writer, I'm, I'm an MC, I'm a poet. So let me, so I kind of like wanted to combine the two and just tell this story and also pay homage to Chicago. And we did that. And then I, I introed the players with, with rhymes to their names. And I wanted to make it something that it was, it, it was amazing. Thank it you. was amazing. Thank you. And I felt like you, you, Chance, um, Obama being there. I mean, I just really felt like y'all all really showed out for your city. It was, um, I keep trying to tell people, yeah, there was a lot of star power there and all that, but I got lost in just how magical the whole city felt. And I feel like at times Chicago gets a bad rap, but every time I've been there, I mean, of course, I know we, we see the headlines, um, but but there's also another side of Chicago that you don't see. And I think it was that. And I think it was the spirit of the people that come from the, that community that really pours back into it. And I thought you guys did a great job putting on for Chicago. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you felt that energy because that is what a lot of Chicago, that's a lot of what we are. Like it's it's a soul to the city. It's a warmth to the city. It's a, a love and like, and it's good people and it's good food and it's and like, it's a beautiful city. And mm -hmm. of course we have our issues um, like, like many other cities, you know, ours has been at high levels just because of just the culture in itself, but we don't highlight the things of the beauty of Chicago, man. When I, when I think about like the people you just named already that, that has like, has, whether it's Chance, Obama, but then you got the Oprah's, you got many rip, I'm going into history, like music, mm -hmm. many rippers in Shaka Khan. You know, Maurice White from Earth, Wind & Fire. You know, we got Kanye. We got Lupe. We got, like, just some incredible people that have come. And, like, I, I remember, man, like, when I first – we had our first black mayor when I was going to eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade. His name was Harold Washington. And he was just this pro-black mayor of a city that we knew was really – racist the city overall like the powers in the city but he brought man such such black pride to our city and just hope um and actually obama got to work on his campaign like at one point and i'm bringing that up just to say um you know chicago has a a, a rich history and a lot to offer it was discovered by a black man like jean baptiste dusabo who was haitian and um man i always my father used to always tell me that and I took pride in that, man, and still do. Well, no, and I look at, so you look at all the rappers that, that are coming out of there now that are, you know, having issues in the streets, Von D dying, or King Von dying, um, you know, uh, you know, murdered. And when I look at just what's happening with rappers in general, Young Dolph recently dying, Nipsey dying, um, you know, and then I look at your song Imagine in the video and, and how we 
can imagine a, a, a greater life for all of us, whether what in whatever way. When you look at what's happening with these young rappers, how do you make sense of it? And what, what are your thoughts on how we can change that? Well, I, I definitely understand that, you know, a lot of young art, artists are coming from the streets we talking about. Um, and that street culture, and now, you know, the streets don't have really a lot of mercy, especially when you become popular and, and people are dealing with some of the same beefs and, and um, you know, hatred and things that they would deal with if they weren't an artist. But then when you become a, a, a well-known person, it, it can be heightened. Um, jealousy can increase. You know, the things you do is, is on a bigger, it's under a bigger spotlight. Um, so I don't think, I don't want to limit it just to like it being something that's happening in hip hop. But the thing that's, that I would like to correct is, man, once you've come from the streets and you have an opportunity to, to, to succeed and do something and actually lift up your people, you know, I want to, I really want to see us like honor those people and, and like give those people a chance to, to come back and do good for the communities. But but I think it takes, um, you know, it takes a certain maturity to to happen for and and a realization of what the gift is to be able to actually be an artist and put out records and and get some notoriety and get money enough to take care of your family and, and bring people out of the neighborhoods that you come from. It just takes some maturity to value that and and not get caught up in in the craziness. I mean, listen, I grew up on the south side. I was my first shows, my homies was rolling deep, breaking in the cats, the dressing rooms. We was getting into fights. I feel blessed that I survived because mostly me coming up, you know, we had, it was definitely cats shooting, but we used to fight more. And that was, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. Don't do that no more. <laughs> yeah, don't do that no more. They're doing that. They're doing that. But but my solution, I don't have a, a, a true, like, Oh, this this will solve everything, but I do believe that um, like it's it's my generation is it's it's very important that we embrace and like show the younger artists and younger people like what what it is what the maturity can be and what like it is to get away from the negativity. And not like let your ego get it. We got like I'm I'm talking about Jason, like real things that like say, man, therapy is something that, that can help you. Like, like really sharing that with, with people and meditation and, and spirituality and like showing people the good things. And like it, man, when I started seeing some of the good things, I was like, I already was like, man, I want to do something with myself. But when you start seeing better things in life and seeing how people, how you can live. Man, you like, man, I don't want to be caught up in this craziness. And um, I think it's also being able to go back to these communities and create opp opportunities for people just not even within the business. Because let's face it, man, we we not like a, a hateful people, like naturally. We're not like just, but when we in difficult situations and, and it becomes the culture of like, man, I'm going at this nigga for this, blah, 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 then it, be it becomes a way of life. We kind of got to undo that way of life by creating like opportunities for people because with people with opportunities are less subject to 
to wanting to be part of the negativity. Just simple as that. Like it's, it's you know, I, I know very few dudes that I, or women, whomever participated in, in the street life that once they had a chance to do something different, didn't enjoy that and move out of it if they had that opportunity. But when you, so, you know, I've, I've looked, looked at your career, you've had some big moments and I want, and I wonder if those moments are what defined your song. Um, imagine because you, I, I want a couple of things I've watched over and over. I've watched your speech when you won an Oscar uh, for Selma with John, who's been here on the show, John legend. Um, that was powerful. Watching Oprah's reaction, watching the audience's reaction, your speech. Um, and then uh, I, I think another moment, um, what was the other moment I wanted to talk about? Okay, it was that one, and I'm gonna think about the other one. Okay, but when okay. when 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 you're up there and you're standing up there winning that award, which is a representation of greatness in that in that arena, which is the highest arena in the arts, I think, um, and winning it for a song that was so important, and people being able to see that. Oh, your other one was performing at the White House with Yolanda Adams. I have watched that probably a thousand times for the Obamas in front of our first and only so far black president um, in what looked like the most magical night ever that I didn't get an invitation to. Um, when you look at, when you look at those accomplishments, does that unlock the idea that there's so much more you can keep doing and then know that it's, it's helping other people to see themselves in you. Like I can do that too, or I can be greater than I ever imagined. Yeah. Um, man, to go back to something you asked too, is like, <clears throat> as far as helping the community and I'm, and I'm gonna answer your question, Mm -hmm. tying in, imagine like the way we speak about our communities, the way we speak about ourselves, um, like really building our our higher, like drawing off our higher selves by building a spiritual relationship with a higher power. All those things matter in how we treat ourselves and treat others. It ain't Jason There's no, it's no time where I've really been like, and I'm not always feeling this way, but when I'm really feeling like I love myself and I'm feeling confident and feeling good about myself, you won't hear me talk talk crazy about nobody or even want to bring anybody down or even really be jealous about somebody because I'm just feeling so good about myself and and and, and I'm loving myself. And that love got to come from like, a higher place because it can't be based on just material things or awards, you know, like it's just, it's a value to it that, that, that you just got to notice within you because of who you are and what you purpose to do and who just your reflection of the most high. So to answer your question about um, imagining, man, once I, like it was, it was, a it was some moments in my, in my life where I, where I felt like, transitioned me to realizing that the more I seen myself doing things and the more I spoke it, it happened. And one of those was like, it was around 2004. I was working with Kanye on my album B and he was putting out his album College Dropout. And Ye would like during his listening sessions, he would, he would hop up on the table and be rapping and stuff. And he was just so confident and believing in his stuff in his music. It was songs that I that he was rapping that I didn't even like at first, but but he rapped them so much with belief and faith that I started to like them. And I was like, right. And he was like, man, this is this is a classic like this. And and it was like for me it clicked because 
the way I grew up was like, you don't brag too much about like my mother was like, you know, instilling that in me or and it. And what I what I realized what Kanye was doing was what I think Muhammad Ali did. He was speaking things into existence. He was claiming his greatness, not being afraid of his greatness. And, you know, for me, I watched that and I learned. And this dude, was, you know, he was younger than me. He, you know, I would, had already put out records, but it was I was learning from this cat, like, and, and being like, yo, this is powerful. Like, he's speaking the things he want. And I started, you know, saying, oh, man, it's okay to embrace my greatness and see what I want to be and say it. So I started like really applying that and, you know, having my own prayers in the morning, ways to applying it along with the discipline. And that ended up being like me eventually saying, man, I want I want an Oscar. I want Oscars. I want these things and, and not being afraid to say it and really, you know, trusting that I would get there in, in a certain way. And of course, once, you know, to be honest, once I got on that stage, um, you know, prior to that, but getting on that stage was like, man, it's nothing, it's nothing that's not within reach. And as you said, I can imagine myself doing other things as, as an actor, achieving those levels. Like, and then, you know, being at the White House, that was going to the White House to perform for President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama, from the poetry event that I did to to the party you talking about, which was an incredible part. I'm sorry you weren't there because it was amazing. <laughs> but but uh, in fact, D Nice was DJing and rocking just the, some of the rawest hip hop you would hear, Mob Deep, MOP, and then going to yeah I, yeah I, I heard about the party that we didn't see. We saw the performance. I heard about the party. Yeah. I know Latifah was there. I'm, I'm gonna ask you about Just Right too because everybody wants to see that. I, I'm mad. I, I don't want to. Carney Orlando, you owe me something for that. I, you owe me for something <laughs> not invite me to the party. Yeah. But that being said, like being around, you know, and seeing, first of all, just seeing the first black president, but then me knowing, okay, I'm participating in something with the first black president. Well, man, it's no limitations. And that's exactly what I want, like people, younger people to look at me and be like, oh man, I can go, I can do anything. Like and 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 I really do believe they will go further than than what I've done and what we've doing, Jason. But we truly have to, you know, set that bar and set the be an example. Cause the only reason, one of the only reasons I believed that I could do certain, like even win a Grammy at first, the first time I realized I could win a Grammy was because the Roots had won a Grammy. And the Roots was my guys. And they were like, you know, more to the, of a left type of group as far as, you know, it wasn't mainstream music that was getting played on the radio. They were, it was artistic music that was more of an underground following. Um, and that's what I, that's what I come from. And I saw them win. I mean, I was there and they invited me on the stage. And at the time they beat out like Fat Joe and R. Kelly, DMX, Puff Daddy. I was like, what? Like they wanted, <laughs> I was like, yo, like, and, and at that point I was, I was, I said, man, is I can actually win. So I can win a Grammy. And my point is seeing somebody doing it is very important. That, that allows you to know that, man, this is reachable. But I also have to say it's important that even if no one has does it has done it, you also have to realize you can do it too. 
Like it, that's where the power of imagination, and that's why I even created that song. Imagine was like I was, I I've been deep into this this book about called the power of imagination, and just talking about how everything we create and everything that is created is comes from the unseen initially. Even when it says, you know, if you go to the Bible, God it says God created the world like you know, you know, out of darkness He created light. So light wasn't even there if you go from that philosophy or if you just think about these computers somebody had to see this before it became um michael jordan had to see himself like flying before he did it and he and he just worked to get there so i think that's a real strong connection to us getting to where we want to get to is us seeing it even before it physically exists so you talked about Kanye West. You know, he recently sat down with our friend Noriega and did an interview that broke numbers. The interview was wild. And he said a lot about John, his legend. He said a lot about uh, Big Sean, biggest mistake of his career. When you look at the Kanye today that we see in the headlines where, you know, slavery was a choice, these sound bites that just penetrate the Internet beyond anything. And then you look at the Kanye that you were in the studio with. How do you make sense of all that? Well, Jason, I have to say that Kanye has not changed the way he expresses himself. When I met him at 19 years old, I met him through no ID. Kanye would sometimes come to my basement. That's where I had my apartment. I had a builder, owned a building in Chicago and set up an apartment. Kanye would come to the basement sometimes and, and he would be rhyming with me, freestyling. And, and my homies would be around. And Kanye would say something like, man, that shirt is whack, man. Like, one of, you know, like to my homies, and they'd be like, hey, Rosh, I'm gonna have to whoop this. Yo, I'm, I'm, man, I'm about to have to smash this cat. What's up with that? And I'm like, yo, chill out. The dude just, he, he hasn't, I ain't used the word no filter, but that's just him. And he, he, I never felt like his intention was to, to hurt. He just, it was almost like a, a gift. And almost like uh, a default that he just spoke his mind un unapologetically, didn't think about who was around. I I honestly admire the quality to a to a to a a lot because I feel like the one thing that you can say is he lives in his truth. Well, his his truth might even change, like my truth changes. So like if the truth his if his truth changes he's he will acknowledge that and and speak it um you know that that that's my brother i i, I love him you know he, he called me a, something he said i guess he's like a light skin i'm followed by the democrat i'm whatever he said about the democrats i can't remember but i don't you know like that's my brother so i feel like we can, so when we, he so when he attacks you like that, do you just hear it and be like, "That's just yay"? Like, I love you. That's just that's your opinion. Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah, I, I don't I don't take that personal. And look, it's it, that brother showed up for me at times where I was like down and didn't know what I was gonna do with my career, and like, man, we just bonded. And he's been there with me through tough times. I've been there with him through tough times. He showed up for my 40th birthday party when like 
it was only a few people there. He flew in town just to make sure like he, and he's done that for a lot of friends. So, and I'm not saying, you know, he's flawless and, you know, but when you, when you have a brother or a sister or somebody you love, they, they not going to be perfect and you're not going to agree with everything that they, they do. I don't agree with everything my mother says to me, you know, and we can uh, uh, love each other and disagree. So, and, and at times I could be pissed off at, at anybody, you know, like I could be mad at yay. He could be mad at me, but that don't, that won't stop like the brotherhood and the love. So, you know, I, I view it like, and especially when it's something like what was, what, you know, what he was saying, you know, about, about like, man, you, you know, he followed by the Democrats. I, I, I'd be more offended if he was dissing my rhymes and then I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'm about to show you, yay! Like you know, but in many ways, but, but, but it's safe to say if he runs for president, t- you're 2024. You're not performing at his inauguration, though. <laughs> I, I, might, I, might, I might perform if he, if he, if he called me and say, "Ross, can you perform?" I might perform. It's my brother, man. Okay. I might perform. So your father, your father, um, like my father, stepped out on your mother when you were younger, and then you sacrificed a lot in you know in raising your daughter to get to where you are when you look back over your experience as a son to your father and a father to your daughter how do you are how, what do you think about the um the sacrifices that were taken in order for you to be where you are and for your child to be where she is in your relationship um where it is now you know Jason that's a really great question and then uh, I feel like it's something I've been discussing lately because I'm like my daughter is, man, me and her just continue to get closer. And as she gets older, it's just like a even more fun relationship and a more, you know, like I listen to her, but I've been listening to her since she was younger because she has some type of wisdom that I feel like you could learn a lot from children, to be honest, is why I listened. Um, but I realized that the work that I put in to, to like get, fulfill my dream because I don't want to you know a lot of people say man I just just doing this for my kids and that and that's not solely the the case for me I was also pursuing my dream and I also was doing it to make sure I could take care of my family including my daughter and you know essentially my grandmother and whomever else may need finances at this time I feel like I um made some good choices uh, the only the only things that the only hiccups I feel that I had with that as far as being a father was because because uh, Amoye, my daughter's and and her mother and I, you know, like many baby mother, baby father, were trying to find our way and find out how to relate as parents being so f- far away and like just mentally far away and just not being in like a family setting. It took time to for me to be able to actually be a father in like in the presence of a father, you know, like the true presence. Um, and it took some 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 struggles that we went through, you know, like as, as she got older, and you know, and I talked about it in the book, um, how she was really like, well, you should have did this and did these things for me. Um, I, some, t- some days I, I'm like. 
because when she calls me and, and she's like, look, dad, I need to take this trip with, with Kennedy, which is her best friend. I need to take this trip to go here. And I'm like, cool, I got you. I feel like that's where the balance has come in, meaning some some things that she might have felt she missed. Um, I feel like I'm able to provide now in a way that is 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 helping to fulfill her. Like she's been able to, she graduated and went to Thailand. I've never been to Thailand, but mm-hmm. it's like those, to be able to provide those things are, are very valuable to me. You know, to, mm-hmm. for my daughter to travel places that I don't go to, and you know she's in law school now. Like she don't have to worry about that. And it took that work because at the time she was born, I didn't know where the, where my rent was coming from. I actually was about to, like trying to get transition from a label one label to another. I was putting out twelve inches to to feed the family. Twelve, you know, twelve inch singles and and doing show to show as as the great Andre three thousand say, living check to check. You don't move mm-hmm. your feet and I don't eat. We like neck to neck. I was in that that space. So, you know, I feel like, you know, I could have always been better in certain areas, but I feel like it balanced out now. And um, my daughter, she knows the truth. And my father, my relationship with my father really balanced out eventually too. Um, I still had to do some work on myself because when your father not around, even when you love him as an adult, you still have some things in your childhood that you feel you miss. So I still had to do some, you know, work on myself to get to that place of knowing, like, even if my dad wasn't around, I'm still loved. You know, I'm still a whole person and I got to, you know, have the things that I know that no matter what a human being does, I'm I'm created in, in, the, in the image of the most high and I have all these powers. So I had to recognize that. But excuse me, but my, my father, me and my father built, built a really great relationship as I got older too. Like he would, he was just real honest with me, telling me where he was, you know, going wild at, where he had messed up. And and that really helped me to be a better father and, and, and also respect him more because, you know, when you look at your parents, you respect them to be those perfect people. Him being like, man, I wasn't perfect and I was messing up over here and doing this wrong. Then I was, you know, it made me love him and respect him more. So I learned from him. I worked to be a better father myself. I feel now my daughter might give me an A as father, mm. or A minus. That's good. No, so you, you talk a lot about your journey with love, your father, your relationship with your daughter in your book, Let Love Have the Last Word. Recently, you broke the internet. You and Tiffany are over. And I'm just, I'm like the kid who don't know why the parents are separating. You know, here we are. What you know, I felt like as many people were a part of your relationship because you're not just because you're a public figure, but I have the opportunity to be closer to both of you. Uh, what happened? Now, they're saying that it was this busy schedules, but I mean, you're both gonna just keep getting busier, you're gonna keep getting busier. What happened? Yeah, well, first of, first of all, I want to say, like, Tiffany, as you know, is for me like one of the best people I've met in life, like, one of the 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 best hearted and most authentic and caring people that I met in life. And that's what made me love her and be in love with her and want to be in a relationship with her and grow with her. And we, 
as you said, as the parents, we had a real healthy and loving like it was it probably was the most mature relationship I I have been in a relationship, meaning the communication, uh, the respect, just all around, man. And and even from the standpoint of being dealing with the pandemic and being around each other and and like communicating and knowing how to navigate that. Cause a lot of relationships that I honestly have been in, I've been on the move because you know, it's just we were me and that person might have we both have professions. Well, I think once Tiffany and I got back on the move, it, it really didn't allow for us to spend as much time and put as much energy into our relationship. I don't think the love really dispersed. I just think it was just like we weren't feeding the relationship. And as you said, neither one of us is gonna stop. <laughs> like we, you know, we both care about our crafts and 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 what we do. And we care about love too and, and, and partnership, but I think, you know, the energy that has been put into our careers and continuing to want to do the things that we do for ourselves and for the people, it's like, it, it, it was hard to, for me to, to balance all of that and keep the relationship, um, you know, fed. And I think, you know, I, I had to come to the understanding that, that, and we came to the understanding it was a it was a mutual thing of essentially that we came to understanding that like this is what's going to be best like for us to to still continue to love each other and be be there for each other is to not be in a, in a romantic relationship because we won't be able to get to that and and I don't I don't want to be one foot in one foot out and it and it wasn't it's not about anybody else or another relationship because that's that's not where my heart and hair is it's just really honestly is it's actually committing to the to so much work that we do that it's hard that it's hard when the other person is working just as much to actually give time and and love and love and nurturing to the relationship but you're big on sage and cleansing space and really, you know, the the chakras of the world. I know that I don't know if that's who if you are the one who inspired her to do it, because she inspired me to do it. I was walking through my house saging one day and one of my friends says, don't bring that spirit in here. I'm like, first of all, it's my house. I bring whatever I want. Exactly. But what couldn't y'all have saged it, saged the schedule, something? I mean, was there just no way of figuring out how to make it work in the whole demand of your career? Because I mean. I I don't know. I just maybe I just I'm biased, but I loved y'all together. Man, I I mean, I feel like our energy is great together, and I I feel like we we discussed it. We kind of gave it time, and I I think like for one thing that I because I care about Tiffany a, a whole lot, I, I was like. I want to make sure she is happy. And if I wasn't going to be able to keep that happiness, um, then I didn't want to do that. And sometimes, you know, I, I do understand that, man, some relations, relationships transition into other things, like meaning sometimes they transition into friendships. Sometimes you are in that person's life and you all give each other what you give each other. And then you flourish and grow like into into new things and you know one thing i can say about tiffany and i like i feel like both of us cherish and value that relationship and our relationship and have both come out better 
human beings. Um, so I don't want, I didn't want to lose that. I didn't want to like, you know, just, just be like, one thing I don't do is just do things. I'll tell you this. I don't do music, love, family, God, any, um, acting. I don't do any of those half-heartedly. None of like, I don't do it three fourths heartedly. I got to give my whole soul to it, my whole heart and soul. And, and honestly, like I said, it's, it's difficult when you putting a lot into, into the, to the music, the, 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 the acting. And then you go into these places and you got to stay here. Look, I'm in London right now. I'm, I'm basically going to be in London for the next five months. You know, I come home for Christmas, but I'm here. It's difficult to, to help. To, to try to keep, especially when somebody is filming, you know, Tiff doing her own movie for like six months. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, how do we keep this? You know, so that, you know, I think it, it, it truly did come down to some of that. Mm-hmm. So you, so you've been in some high profile relationships, Serena, other artists, Erica Badu. How, do you think that it's time to maybe date? I mean, you're probably not thinking about dating right now, but do you yeah. think dating famous women is going to give you the love that you want or deserve or or need at some point because the schedules are always going to be that. Yeah. Well, you know, like you said, I ain't really thinking about dating now. It's, it's like I'm kind of just in a in a great space of just doing my work, getting more in tune with myself, and and um, you know, building a relationship with God, getting closer with God, and just. But when that time comes, or whenever that happens. I, you know, I never was set out and was like, yo, let me date this famous woman. <laughs> Part of it was just, first of all, I'm attracted to powerful women, like women that that are powerful. Like, and, and it ain't even about the outside power. It's like the, it's the inside power that I see. And, you know, that translates to, to greatness in the world. Erica Badu is one of the greatest artists of all time, to be honest. To Serena's the greatest tennis player of all time. Tiffany is one of the greatest like comedians and, 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 and personalities of all time. Like she's just one of them. She's just one of the greats. Um, but it's those, each one of those individuals has something that in their, in their heart and soul that's very powerful. And it's a presence that you get when you get around them. And I'm attracted to that. I love, you know, a woman that that loves herself. You know, we all got got. You know, I, I said before, we all trying to grow and get better. I love myself, but I'm still working to get better. I got my own shit. I got to work out all that. But a woman who loves herself, a woman who has a a, a a strong faith in a higher power, a woman who's fun, a woman who's like can can be creative if they need to be, uh, a woman who treats people well. And each one of them people I named. Each one of those people you named that I, that that really meant some for me in 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 my life um, had those qualities, and I won't stray away from those qualities. I, I try to Jason. I try to stay in the present, as as we talked about, like um, not projecting on. Well, if this person is is famous, and I can't date them. It's really just going to be about that connection at that time not putting too much, you know, on it. Like one thing I 
I learned at this point in my life is <clears throat> get to know somebody, enjoy the moments, be present with them, communicate, be honest, have fun, and see where the relationship goes. Every relationship is not going to be, oh, it's going to marriage. Some will. <laughs> and hopefully if it does, then that's, that's you know, your last stop, as many might say, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But some won't. And you have to take that into consideration and be honest with where you are. I never will be that person that is like in a marriage and you look seven years down the line and and you know they unhappy. You know how many friends I got that I've known that ended up, you know, 15 years later being like, man, I was unhappy for 10 years. What? Like, that's a, that's a, that's a tough life that's, to that's live. A, that's a major sacrifice because you only have one life to live. Like ten years, that's a whole. I mean, especially at forty-five. You know, we, you know, when you get to an age where ten years, you know, that's 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 a long time Brother, that you can't I'm, get back. I'm forty-nine years old. Like I, I'm I'm still learning and growing, but I definitely value each each day, each year. I'm grateful, and and I'm like, man, I'm gonna enjoy this and be real real clear and honest with where I am. And I, you know, I don't like just react. I'll try to assess things and process things and communicate and see. And if I, and, and if over a long time, like meaning if my friend had told me, man, I was unhappy for like a year and then things got better in, in this relationship, then that's different than being like, I was unhappy for a 10 year stretch. That's a long time in life to just be unhappy because of a relationship. You know, so I, my point is, I'm I'm open when it's when it's time for me to be in a relationship. I'm open to just being in tune with the right person and being present with them, and and seeing where it evolves and grows to. I don't have any. I used to tell myself, man, I, I got to get married, or I'll be even in public being like, yo, when you go get married, Rashid, man, I soon when I find the right, I'm not putting that that pressure on myself or expectation. I'm just going to honestly just go with, with, with where I am in life and, and try to be in tune and be open hearted. If I, if I can be open hearted, then I, then the truth is going, it's going to come out and, and it'll evolve to where it gets to, you know, that's why I say it's, it's one of the most important things that happened for me in relationships and the reason why I was able to be, I felt like, Tiffany and I was able to be clear and, and have a healthy and a, and a really vital and beautiful relationship was because I I knew who I, I know who I am. And I was able to have my time to myself to be like, do my spirituality and be like, okay, this is what I really feel. And this is, and I want to share this time with you. And this is, this is how I feel. Like it's important that, you know, a, a, a wise old cat told me, after I was going through a breakup, he was like, bro, you can't love that other person more than you love yourself. And that's just, you know, that's just important for, for me to know, like, like for us to know that mm-hmm. the more you love yourself, the better you'll be able to love someone else. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I am. Well, yeah, when the news broke, you know, um, and I called her 
and she didn't know how it got out. She was concerned not just for her, but for you. And so, like, I love the fact that you both care about each other's well-being as much as your own. You know, I don't know Erica Badu. I do know Serena. So I know what you mean in terms of the type of people they are because they are really good-hearted, sweet, God-loving people. Um, you know, I've I've been around you and your friends in Chicago, your team. Uh, you have good energy around you. You know, your friend, I don't know whose house that was. We were in Chicago, but that dude, can, if he didn't cook that, he knows the best caterer in Chicago because that food was so good. But the but the type of friends you have around you, you know, the type of energy where everybody, you know, they look, they look great in terms of um, how they classy, you know, uh, you know, one was a doctor. I mean, everybody was kind of had, had their own thing going on. And I think just as I get older, I want to surround myself by that kind of energy because I feel like we feed off of energy. And if, if you have that kind of energy around you, it's only going to make you want to be a better person and then in turn be a better person for other people. So I, I get that. Yeah. No, that like the person you mentioned whose apartment we were at, like, he is a doctor, and that's one of my high school buddies I grew up with. His name is Marlon, Dr. Marlon Everett, one of my best friends. Um, but we have fun. We kick it. We go out and get out on the boat. Smoke, he smokes cigars. I drink my wine. We we drink. We have a great time. He, But he, he also he's somebody I can call and, and talk to about things that's important in my life. He's also the one that's telling me, yo, you need to do these things, like, he supports me. Like I remember I made the album electric circus, which was came out in 2002. And, uh, I remember I made it. It was so out there. He was like, man, I wish you should have brought this album out in 2012. Like, what was you doing? Like this shit is too crazy. But that being said, that honesty and all those type of things that I get from my friends is the energy that, you know, most of the, the, the people you saw me around the people that I grew up with known since I was either, 11, 12 years old, but I still have other friends and people on my team that I work with. One of the most important things to me is, is to, to bring good energy around me that, that I can benefit from, but I also can benefit too. Like mean, you know, help them to grow, help them to see other things and, and just enjoy, have fun. And one of the things that my friends bring me most is just, fun and, and and support and love man and, and and those cats you met that's who they are and man we grew up all together and like everybody does different things one mo is a real estate agent my boy murray does black men's health you know but they and everybody's still rooted in the the community like it, it felt like an episode. It felt like an episode of Love Jones. Like everybody, like that. That's what that's what that group of people felt like. Like Love Jones. Like how yeah. they all used to get together and hang out. It you know, it yeah. was cool. Yeah, no, I I love that. And, and you know, the the thing we were talking about before is some things. You know, my friends expose me to some things. I expose them to some things. They bring me back down to earth on, and some things I bring them out of, you know, to the, to the ether zone. Like, meaning like, I might be like, Hey y'all, we, we got to take this Palo Santo. And eventually they might ride with it, you know, and they might break down something to me that I need to know. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a give and take the way all good friendships, relationships, family members and everything could, should be. And then I love them, you know, to, to eternity. So I know we got to get out of here. I want to ask you one more question. I know you've done some work in my hometown of Stockton, uh, California, and then you, you're very much an activist for the incarcerated. I recently worked with Congresswoman Karen Bass to get somebody, a friend of mine, out of prison 
uh, who was a first time uh, drug offender for one pound of marijuana. They gave him eight years in Kansas City. Now she's running for mayor in Los Angeles. Her name is Congresswoman Karen Bass. I don't know how familiar you are with her, but I would love to introduce you to her because she's doing great work trying to get people out of prison, not only on the national level, but, you know, in and really trying to build programs here in Los Angeles. But I would love to introduce you guys because the work that you're doing is important. And I just feel like people don't understand that modern day slavery really is the prison system. Yes. And there are a lot of our people that are in there for crimes that they, sh you know, committed that, you know, now are, are, are not crimes anymore and still they're in prison for years and years. So, I mean, I know that work is important to you. Why, why choose that work? You know, that work, came upon me in a way where it was it was this cat this cat named Scott Butnick. <clears throat> He's um, a Jewish brother from Atlanta who was a producer of is a movie producer. He produced old school, he produced The Hangover. This dude changed his, you know, along with producing, he got into like prison reform work and was really doing like heavy work and is still doing heavy work. He has an organization called ARC. He would he would come to shows that I had and would bring formerly incarcerated people to the shows and, and would be like, yo, Common, I want you to meet these cats. I would meet them. He said, I want you to come to my to my um camp that I have for juveniles. This dude was his whole life was committed. So he um man, I, I look at him like an angel, bro, because when I walked into the prisons with him, People, Scott, Scott, like this dude and changed so many people's lives. <laughs> Put it this way. Scott is this dude. I was at a concert. Chance was performing. President Obama was sitting there watching Chance perform. Scott had somebody on on his phone because he be having given people that's incarcerated his phone number. <laughs> he had somebody on his phone. He put the phone up to Barack Obama's ear to say hi. Without even asking Barack, I'm like, yo, this dude is, but, but he knew Barack, but he didn't even ask him. Barack, you, you know, was like, okay, hey, hey, yeah, what's up? You know, he gave the dude love, but it was crazy. But Scott is that passionate. That's just the example of what he does. He's a connector. He's the one that helped take Kim Kardashian in there. He, I went into one of the prisons with me, Kanye, and Kim at, at a point. So basically, I'm bringing him up because I'm saying he had been asking me to do it for a while, but... I, it hadn't struck me yet, Jason. I, I hadn't realized what didn't click was because I remember I, what what changed my life when it came to doing prison reform work was I was talking to this woman named Michelle Alexander. She wrote the book, The New Jim Crow, which describes exactly what you just said, how uh, the methods of keeping black people as sec second class citizens started with slavery. Right. We were dehumanized and kept as second class citizens slavery we were not even considered human beings then it, once slavery was abolished it went to jim crow then the jim crow laws got moved out and it went to mass incarceration so when she started describing that but then the thing that hit me was i was talking to her and i said yeah i respect that and i, and I know but i really want to stop this violence that's going on in chicago and she was like Listen, do you know some of this violence is tied into the prison system? Do you understand when fathers get removed from the homes, that is automatically a, a higher chance for the young men or women in that home to, to become involved in violence or around, you know, the neighborhood just not having a father in the home. Then she talked about how 
people who are incarcerated come back home and if they're not rehabilitated or they're not redeemed in certain ways, then they come back and they're not given a chance to, to get jobs, to get housing. I was like, yo. And so it clicked for me. And at that point, I, I called Scott and said, listen, take me to the prisons. We went in, met with, with men and women in, in prisons all throughout California. We, we've been to at least 15 prisons in California and mm. just sat with individuals and talked and we prayed and we laughed and we you know cried and just went through different things of just taking in. Before I went there and tried to talk and give my peace, I went and listened. And then from that point, we decided to do a, a tour around the prisons where we performed. And we performed with the thoughts of just bringing joy to the to the prison, to people who were incarcerated. We had people who were incarcerated working on the productions for the, for um, our performances. Um, I had people, 60 year old men come up to me and say, man, I forgot I was in prison when, you know, while that concert was going on. Or I never been to a concert in my life. I had a, a, a older man tell me that like, I never been to a concert in my life. Can you imagine that, Jason? I've never yeah, been to a concert. Crazy. So anyway, these concerts brought those things about, brought energy. We we started inviting um, legislators to come to the concerts. We did one at Folsom. We had some of some of the um, governors, people, Governor Brown at the time, um, his chief of staff, God bless us, so came and sat down. One time we we had a concert set up and we couldn't do it because of the winds. Um, I think it might have been in Lancaster and we couldn't do it because the winds were so strong that we had to just sit down in a circle and talk. Now we sat in a circle with the chief of staff for the governor and the warden and people who were doing double life, life without parole. And everybody told their story and just listened and talked. man, do you know the chief of staff, like at certain points, like exonerated or, you know, was able to to help lessen some of the sentences of some of the men who were in there for over 40 years, committed crimes when they were really young. And she helped change the situation for them just by her being present and being there and being in the midst. So bringing those legislators there really helped change things. And then the last thing is we eventually went and went to the Capitol and met with legislators and, and worked to get some bills passed. One was SB I think it was three three ninety four two ninety four, um, where juveniles could no longer be sentenced to life without parole. So we went around to every, we went around to all these Republicans, Democrats, and said, "Hey, y'all, this is out of control. This is this ain't good." And we ended up getting that bill passed, man. And um, it was one of the most monumental things that I've ever been a part of, and I've seen. And you know, as as you first of all, as people in there that's incarcerated for, for weed. And now that that's a business, that's one of the big businesses in America. And you got people locked up for eight years. That's ridiculous. Well, this so, is what I love about Congresswoman Karen Bass and why after even hearing you speak, I want to connect you. She, she, uh, her and her attorney, cause she's also the chair of the uh, congressional black caucus, her and her attorney had a call with the governor and her attorney to say who's sitting in your prison as a criminal today would be a successful entrepreneur in my state. So how do we figure this out? How do we, and now they let him out and now he's doing a lot of amazing work. So I would love to connect you. And I think you sitting those folks down 
uh, allowed people to see past their reservations for getting to know another person's point of views or the optics, maybe how they see the world. So imagine that. And so we go back to the song, Imagine. And I I want everybody to go check it out because it, it, you know, it was, I thought artistically dope. I love hearing you. I mean, you're a poet is, you know, and a writer and a rapper, and it all comes through and your creativity is amazing. And uh, PJ was was beautiful doing her thing. And also the book, uh, Let Love Have the Last Word. I think everybody should read it because I think right now we just, we need to find more love, especially coming out of COVID. Because this world, I said yesterday to one of my best friends who's from Chicago, that it is a weird time right now. And I am trying to navigate through it all and be very mindful of the words I put into the universe because I, I feel like the universe hears those words and returns that energy. But I'm very grateful. But it's also with Virgil passing. I know that probably impacted you too. There's just so much going on in the world right now. Man, there's so much going on, Jason. And, and I agree with you. You know, I'm I'm careful with the words I use too, but I man, I understand where all of us feel like a vulnerability, a confusion. Um, and man, just like, man, can things get better? And that's where like, I, I feel like we have to have our spiritual beliefs. We gotta actually think about what, what is love put in practice in the most difficult times? Um, and also just go to places and where we enjoy life, where we can enjoy aspects of life and still stay disciplined in these times. Um, and, and these are difficult times to, to be disciplined, but we can, like with a goal in mind. Because, man, you know, a lot of things to me is like the world is the world. You don't have to operate in the ways of the world. Like we don't have to. Like we we hire beings in, in so many ways. And when we choose to, as the great Michelle Obama say, go high when the world goes low, then man, it's a whole different thing. We have a whole different vibration. And and it's a and it's work. You gotta you gotta work on it every day. I man, it's days I'll be waking up and not feeling that vibe. Or I'll be at the airport and somebody do something to get me pissed off. I ain't feeling that vibe. But I, but I've been working on myself enough to to go to know how to get to a place where I ain't go go wild at the airport. Or mm-hmm. man, if I ain't feeling that great, I'm saying my mantras. I'm saying what I need. I'm I'm in my Bible and my scriptures and the prayers to know like this is what allows me to know that this is a better day. You know, this is a greater day. Um, yeah, man. My stepfather sent me some. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna read it to you and we and and I'm a, and, and we'll be done. Hold on. As long as we have memories, yesterday remains. As long as we have hope, tomorrow awaits. As long as we have love, today is beautiful. As long as you have God, anything and everything is possible. Amen. So he wow, sent me that. I like, I, yeah. Well, listen, this is, um, I know this interview was long overdue. Shout out to Jill for making it happen. And I want us to stay connected. Uh, and thank you for your contribution to the culture and to the world, man. It's really important and it's necessary, especially in the time that we're in. You always give out love and I hope that you get it back uh, tenfold. But thank you. Jason, thank you, man. It's been great to talk to you and bless you, brother. Love you, bro. All right, same. Peace. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, 
That's all I do when it's over. Peace.